I'm not going to turn to anything. I'm not going to turn to drugs. I'm not going to turn to alcohol because of my stability and my faith. And because I had God in my faith, the only option for me was to turn to him and was to bring my suffering to him. When bad things in your life happen, sometimes it can totally throw you off. A lot of people, when something really severe happens, turn to drugs and alcohol, turn to who knows what. Especially if it's really, really, really bad. Imagine being really young and a terrible accident happens where you actually kill somebody. That's unreal. How in the world do you even deal with that? Well, we're going to find out right now from someone who's been there. Stay tuned for this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Jacinta Rigi, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Your story really is one I think that will touch many people. It is a story of great suffering, but then also great redemption. So t take us through, if you would, from the beginning. It was the summer of 2018, um, you know, supposed to be the best summer of my life. I was heading into my senior year right after that. How old are you at this time? So I am 17 years old. I went to an all-girl private Catholic school. And so in the summers, we would go to school and you know, clean, clean the, um, the school and help set up the classrooms. And so I was at a piano lesson and I was headed up to my school, whereas usually after a piano lesson, I would head back home. So today I'm heading back to school on this day in June and I decided to take a different road. And I took the same road that I usually do, but I took a different left. I took a different turn. And I think that's just another thing of like God saying, everything happens for a reason. And he decided that that day I need to take that left turn. So I'm driving. It's very busy on ongoing traffic. And there's, you know, there's traffic going with me. There's traffic coming across from me. And there's a middle lane. And in the middle lane, you you can wait your turn to turn left until it's good to go until the traffic's gone so there's actually you know a train coming on this side and it finally the train i'm waiting for the train to go away and i'm just sitting in the middle lane for about like 30 seconds and the train finally goes traffic's gone and i remember thinking i can turn left there's nobody coming and of course that might be me now like that might be me going back and being like, mm, um, I'm just trying to convince myself that there is nobody. But I do remember thinking there's nobody coming. I can turn left. And so I turn left and I remember taking a very slight turn, a very slight left. And all of a sudden, out of the middle of nowhere, a huge loud crash, a huge noise. And uh, it was like the loudest sound I've ever heard. My car turns. I'm just in complete shock. I'm looking around in my car. There's airbags off everywhere in my car. And I'm thinking, what did I just hit? Like, did I just hit a man? Did I just hit a, a human? Did I hit a car? Did I hit 
did I hit an animal? I had, I had no idea what I just hit. So I'm in shock and I'm sitting in the car and for about 10 to 20 seconds, I do nothing. I just sit there. My car automatically calls 911. And then all of a sudden I start screaming out of nowhere. I just have no idea what's happening. And then a man, man opens my door and he's like, you need to get out. We need to get you out. Um, but don't look, don't look. He keeps, he keeps reiterating, don't look. And so I'm like, okay, don't look. I'm like, what did I hit? What did I hit? What happened? And then I get out of my car and I look, you know, straight across from me, probably about 10, 15 feet away. And, you know, there's a body just, just lying there. Um, it's, you know, dismembered. It's just blood everywhere. There's blood coming out of the head. There's blood all over the street. And it's a very graphic image and, you know, something I'll never forget. And I remember seeing it and, and this man was trying to cover my head and cover my eyes. And he's like, no, we need to get you away. We need to get you away from, from, from the scene. Don't look, do not look. And I keep, I kept saying like, what is it? What happened? Did I hit somebody? Did I, did I hit somebody? Did I hit a car? Did I do that? Did I, did I do that? Like after I saw the body, I started saying, did I do that? Was that me? And he took me across the street and he was like, we need to call your family. And I'm just sitting there, just, just standing there staring at the body. And luckily, you know, the people, people come, the ambulance comes. I, I see them put his body in, in a body bag, bring him away. And um, he, this man ends up calling my family. My family shows up and, and yeah, that's, that's what happened. That's how it happened. <laughs> You come from a good Catholic home. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're going to school, you're, you're, you're praying, you're going to a private Catholic school, you're, you're praying, going to mass, and yet this happens to you. You know, did that kind of thing shake your faith? You know, because when this happens, a lot of people say, you know, even if they're faithful sometimes, hey, God, what was that? How dare you? What was your reaction? You know, even growing up as a Catholic and even growing up in the faith, I automatically didn't didn't think oh this everything happens for a reason you know i live by that quote now i live that you know everything happens for a reason god does everything for a reason um but at that point no i was not thinking that i was thinking what i just killed a man and what am i going to do about it and i remember thinking like just just being in shock and not knowing um, not turning to God at first, you know, in the first, in the first minutes, in the first hours, I just, I didn't even, didn't even think about praying because I had no idea what just happened. But luckily, you know, my brother is a priest and my mom's a psychiatrist with help, which helped. But I remember right after we were on the way to the hospital and my brother called me, who's a priest. And he said, this happened for a reason. He was chosen to go at this point And at this point in his life and like, don't, don't bear like the responsibility of his death. And, you know, my mom luckily was just, you know, just like, just trying to comfort me, just trying to like say over and over again, this wasn't your fault. This wasn't your fault. Don't worry about it. And then they took me to the hospital and my mom was like, the hospital waits long. Do you want to go home? And I was like, just take me home. Just take me home. I can't, I don't want to be in a hospital right now. So I went home and I sat in my bed and lied in my bed for about, I think, uh, three days in complete shock. 
And I was just staring at she staring at the ceiling and just thinking about what had happened and rerunning the images and rerunning what had happened in my mind 24 hours in the day, just over and over and over and over and over again, thinking, what did I do? What the parents are just are receiving a call. Like his mom and dad are receiving a call today saying, your son died. Your son passed away in an accident. And I'm the reason that they're going to get that call. When did you realize the details of the accident? Um, you know, did you hit him? Was he walking or, or what was happening there? And how did you find out? He was on a motorcycle and he's not unfortunately wearing a helmet. I think I saw his motorcycle. Um, and, but I found out he was on a motorcycle and he wasn't wearing a helmet, unfortunately, which obviously impacted it. He was coming at about 75 miles an hour and he, which is just very, it's incredibly fast. And especially when I'm turning, if you saw pictures of my car, it was just completely gone. I mean, the fact that I, it was just a miracle that I even survived. Um, and so we hit straight on and he just flew up from the motorcycle onto the ground and just, you know, died pretty much instantly from that. You had mentioned about the parents uh, being informed. I presume they were informed. And, and how did that go? And how did you learn about it? I just couldn't even imagine my mom getting a call and saying your daughter is dead. And so something I had to deal with was really, you know, figuring out, was I going to reach out to them? How are they going to react? I believe my mom reached out to his mom first, found his email somehow. And said, like, you know, you know, my daughter is the one that was involved in the accident um, but she, the father, um, which I later found out was, you know, obviously not happy about it. Um, he wasn't, he, I, I don't think he'd ever want to speak to me. He wouldn't ever want to, you know, interact with me, which I completely, I completely am fine with. But the mom was, she is just an absolute angel. She emailed me and told me, please know that this was this is not your fault and she said my husband got in a in a motorcycle accident and he lost his leg and ever since my son chad chad was his name he was in his 30s she said ever since he got a motorcycle i've been waiting for the call that says your son has passed away your son has died in a motorcycle accident and so she reached out to me and she said please do not bear this on your shoulders know that like, this wasn't your fault. It's okay. It wasn't your fault. She would send me care packages in college and like, email me constantly. We email each other once or twice a year, definitely every day on the day that Chad passed away. And I just reassure her, you know, know that he's always in my prayers, know that, you know, I'm praying for my family, prays for him. And now I've shared my story publicly. And I know that there are other people that have reached out to me saying, I keep him in my prayers. I keep the soul of Chad in my prayers. So You're not that much older now, and yet you seem so well-adjusted. How did you make this transition? How did you deal with this massive problem? I mean, a lot of people would have turned to drugs, alcohol. Um, they would have perhaps rebelled against God and, and the whole faith. What was your journey? I grew up in a family, you know, where we had the faith. Uh, oh, I'm so lucky. Like, every day, I'm so lucky to have grown up in, in the Catholic faith and with the Catholic faith around me. But 
when something like that happens, you don't, you don't think of faith right away. You know what I mean? I mean, luckily I was able to down the road, but right away I was thinking like, this is my fault and how am I going to deal with this? Um, but I remember the Sunday after it happened, I was like, I need to go to church and I need to go to mass. I don't care if people are looking at me. I felt like everyone was staring at me. I felt like people at school were when I went back to school. I just felt this heavy weight on my shoulders all the time. And I was like, this heavy weight needs to go. And obviously, you know, I was 17. Luckily, I didn't. I was like, I'm not going to turn to anything. I'm not going to turn to drugs. I'm not going to turn to alcohol because of my stability and my faith. And because I had God in my faith, the only option for me was to turn to him and was to bring my suffering to him. And I like to say my faith is my therapy because I turn to God with all my issues and my problems. And I talk to him about them. And I talk to him about Chad and I relived the scenario with him. And I, I didn't know what else would I do? I mean, I didn't want to ruin my life and, and turn to all these, these worldly things to distract me from this terrible, terrible tragedy that had happened in my life and, and other families' lives. Um, so I turned to my faith and it was my therapy and I talked to God about it every day. And I, I remembered to say a prayer for a Hail Mary for Chad's soul every single day. And my faith is what really got me through it. Just a quick note before we return, if you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. A lot of people wonder what that is, because... I think most people know they they say their Hail Marys, they might say a rosary, they go to Mass. But you're talking about talk to God. I, a lot of people say that phrase of, of um, you know, talk to God and, and so on. What do you mean by talk to God? How do you even do that? I remember when I was little in my catechism lessons, we were taught to speak to God as a child speaks to his father in heaven. And I was thinking, I always was like, what does that even mean? Like, that's so... I'm not going to just talk to God. Like, no one just talks to God. You sit in the church and you pray and, you know, but you don't like talk out loud to God. That's weird. Ever since that accident, I have been doing that. And I will, like, after the accident, when I finally got used to driving my car again, I would go on drives. And on my drives, I would literally just talk out loud as if it was a therapy session. You know, when people go to therapy, they, they it's because they need to share something with someone. And they don't want to share it with their friends and they don't want to share it with their family because it's too close and it's too personal. And my accident was very close and very personal to me. And it still is. And luckily I've come to a point where I can share and talk about it with other people, you know, thousands of people. But I knew that I had to turn to God and I don't know why I started it, but I just started talking out loud. And I acted as if it was a therapy session. And I would basically, what I do is just say, okay, God, this is happening in my day. Uh, this is annoying me today. I can't get through this. You need to help me through this. You need to help me through this, God, because I'm someone who needs to talk out loud and it works. And he, he shows signs and 
it just brings me, it just brings me so much peace to be able to share my life with him because I'm not someone, especially who opens up easily with people. I don't open up about my feelings or my emotions with people. So with the accident, I don't talk to many people about it. Um, but after being able to just share it with God and, and, and he's, he's helped me heal in so many different ways. Um, and yeah, so, you know, my faith is my therapy. That's my, that's my quote. I think that's really beautiful. It's funny, you know, our Lord counseled his own disciples and, and all of us to go to a private place to play, to shut your door. He went to the uh, Mount of Olives. He would often climb a mountain to play because he's there all by himself. So you can talk out loud. I, I'm like almost 100% sure our Lord would have prayed out loud, exactly like that, talking to his heavenly father. Yeah, exactly. You have to be alone because there's there's just so many distractions in the world. There's so many distractions at the, at the tip of our fingertips, you know, whether it be our electronics, whether it be, you know, drugs, alcohol, bad relationships. There are so many things that the devil has prepared and ready for us. And he's just like, grab this, you know, because we don't see, we don't see God right away. If you, if you're not stable in your faith, you don't see God. You see, you see all the other distractions around and they're gold and they're silver and they look great. Um, but they don't fulfill you. And, you know, ask, ask any drug addict or alcoholic or anybody who's addicted to anything. None of that fulfills you. And none of that stays with you forever. It's very temporary. God created you. He's never going away. He's someone that you know you can always trust and you can always go to. Whereas the other things, they're going to ruin you. They're not going to bring you up and they're not going to bring you to heaven. In these kind of conversations you have with God, you don't get answers. So maybe you do. Have you heard God speak to you or or what do you make? Because normally when you have a conversation with someone, when you're talking to somebody, you're supposed to get an answer. But do you hear things? No, I'm not like a, a, a saint over here saying, I talk to God. He talks back to me. We have this really great relationship. Um, no, he doesn't. He doesn't talk back to me like speaking, but he speaks to me through. I don't know if anybody else knows this, but he's I mean, obviously everybody does like everyone's like, but God has such a great sense of humor. I mean, things will happen in my life where I'm just like you knew that I hated that and you knew that I'm going to have to suffer going through that. And, you know, the fact that you brought that is just, it just makes me laugh. But there's just so many signs that happen in your life just every day where you're just like, that's not, you know, people say it's the universe. It's the universe talking, you know, and and people are so like spiritual about it, but not in the right way. Um, and it's like, no, that can only be like a spiritual, that can only be God. That can only be the person that created you. If you're open to it, give us one of those examples where you laughed and and uh, you felt our Lord was speaking to you through through something that happened. It's not work now. It was work years ago. But someone I did not get along with at all. And I'm just like, for some reason, this person bugged me, bugged me so much. And I um, was assigned to work with that person for weeks on end. We were on the same shift and we worked together. And I was just like, God you know that I am just so annoyed by this person every time we hang out and every time we work together. And he put that person in my life for a reason. And, 
you know, after the, I was just like, you're so funny because you're laughing up there right now. Like, ha ha, like you're going to have to deal with this person for the next two weeks. Um, and then after that, we ended up like bonding and we ended up becoming like friends, not great friends, but we ended up becoming friends. So it just shows like everything happens for a reason and God has a plan for everything. And sometimes it's going to be humorous. He's all just, he's all, he's perfect. And he has a little bit of sense of humor and that's okay to, um, to say that he does. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's amazing because those two things you put together in your life, what your priest brother told you, um, that's kind of odd having a father brother, but anyway, um, he tells you that everything happens in God's plan. So every single thing, there are no coincidences. And I think that's why you can see God's answers in your life to your prayers, to him, to your conversations with him by what happens, because you know that they happen with God's will even the tragedies, but also everyday little things. There are no coincidences. Every person is brought into your life for a reason. Everything happens for a reason, every tragedy, because I think every tragedy is an opportunity for you to become closer to God. When that tragedy happens, whether you have faith in your life or not, that's the opportunity you have to either turn away from God or turn towards God. And those are our biggest moments of weakness because the devil is so powerful and so strong. I am so stuck on this because I think it's a real revelation that we do have conversations with God. It's great to have them out loud because I think that's that's totally needed and people all need to do that. But then to see his answers in your life because you know every single thing is controlled by him in your life, bad or good, it's an amazing thing. So it really is a conversation that plays out you with words to him and him with your life to you. Yeah, and God brings every single person in your life for a reason. Like, like Chad, for example, you know, that was the name of the man that passed away, Chad. And in that moment, God decided, I'm going to take his soul. It's his time. It's his moment for whatever reason. I have no idea what his relationship was with God. I don't even know if he had one. And at that moment, he decided, I'm taking Chad's soul and and you're going to stay. You're going to stay on this earth. And so I think he may have not had anyone praying for him. You know, Chad may have not anyone really, you know, you know, praying for him and and um, praying for his soul and praying for his state of grace. Who knows? We have no idea. And so I think the reason why he was brought into my life and the reason why that happened is because I pray for him all the time and I'm helping save his soul, you know, because I don't know where he is, unfortunately. And I think that, you know, the, I've shared my story a few times now and I've, I've received comments on Instagram or on YouTube saying like, praying for Chad, I'm praying for Chad. Things happen for a reason and God brings certain people into your life for a reason. Um, and I think that was the reason why Chad was brought to mind. What would be your uh, final piece of advice for young people who have experienced tragedies in their lives? Because this is really tough. You were faced with something really monumental What's your advice to young people? I think people need to know that they need to turn to God with their sufferings. I think a lot, a lot of depression is happening right now in our world. And a lot of young people have depression and anxiety and all this stuff. And I think people with depression, they decide that nobody wants me. Nobody wants to hear my problems. Nobody wants to talk to me. Um, And I think 
those people, people who are going through tragedy, people that, you know, their, their families are divorced, their parents are going through it. You need to know there's something that you can turn to that's not just the world. You know, the devil has built this perfect little empire where we want to turn to the, the worldly things. You need to know that those are the times when you need to take your suffering to God because God will be your greatest advocate in life. And he's never leaving. He's always going to be by your side. When that happened to me in my life, that was the moment when I decided I'm meant to be on this earth and I'm meant to be on this earth for something. And ever since that happened, I have been career driven, spiritually driven. And I think people need to look at the terror and the terrible things that are happening in their life and realize this is an opportunity. And this is an opportunity for greatness. And I could become great because of this, not great in a worldly manner, but great spiritually. So I think just remember, turn to God and turn to him in suffering and, and speak to him, you know, speak to him like a child speaks to his father in heaven. And it's so true. Those words are so true. And I think just live by them. Um, bring your suffering to him. He loves it. He loves hearing our suffering to him. It brings us closer to him because he knows that, you know, he created us. And he, he created us human. He knows that we have all these emotions. Don't turn to the devil, you know, you know, turn to God in times of need and in times of suffering, because he's the only one that's really going to, really going to help us, you know, get to our end goal in, in the end. What father doesn't want to hear his children speak to him? Yes, yeah, speak to him formally in, you know, all the proper ways a son or daughter should speak to his father with great respect and everything else. But also in that way that's just from the heart cry to him laugh to him share your happiness share your your worst things he's your best friend he should be your best friend um as well as your father someone who you respect and you love so i think if you treat him as your father as you would your your father um yeah you'll just build a beautiful relationship with him and i know mine has changed completely ever since my accident has happened Jacinta Rigi, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope we can speak again soon. God willing, and God bless you, Jacinta. God bless. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this video. And to see more like this, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. So check out our links in the description to read more, sign up for our newsletter, and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all of the latest life, family, and culture news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.